Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 4.37 on a Monday afternoon. Hope you're having an enjoyable long weekend. Take it easy if you're on the country roads on the way back home. We're live from Studio Lumo. We say thanks to our good friends at Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. John Casey to talk about the FIBA World Cup after five. Uh, we had that text earlier, Roots, that said the boys stop talking over the top of Matt Rendell. We explain that... You have to because you otherwise you ask one question and 20 minutes is gone. A text has come through saying, clearly that guy hasn't heard Matt talk before. <laughs> Matt, short story long. <laughs> uh, we love him and we love our next guest as well who was up and about on Friday night Ooh, in front of almost 21,000 fans for the inaugural Showdown W. Mariana Ratchich. Adelaide Crows Defender. <laughs> How are you guys? <laughs> Hello, Mariana. How was it uh, Friday night? How was the atmosphere? Oh, it was unbelievable. It's always it's always nice to play a, um, Adelaide Oval, but in front of you know, like you said, just under twenty one thousand fans. Like it was it was unreal, and it's it's why you play footy. That's kind yeah. of the moments that you want to be playing for. So, okay, mate. You knew Adelaide Oval because you've had big moments there. But what did you expect from Port Adelaide? Oh look, we knew they were going to they were going to come out for a fight, and um, you know you can see from the first half of their season their contest work has been great, yeah. um, and, and they were the number one I think tackling team um, so far in the comp. So we knew um, obviously that you know from the mids it was really important um, for for them to kind of give us a chance and get the ball forward as quickly as we can and, and get that clearance work. and And our mids went to work and they were exceptional on the week on Friday night. Did you? Did you? How did you feel about facing three of your former teammates? There's Phillips, Mules, Foley. That seeing three of your mates now as foes, how was all that during the week and then during the game? Yeah, I, I know there was obviously a bit of external noise leading into the mm. week, but I kind of, I kind of wasn't part of it, which was quite nice. I don't really have, I didn't have any like, um, you know, media duties or anything during the week. I know probably Chelsea had had a lot, yeah. um, so she probably felt it a bit more. But um, it was weird seeing them. Um, in, in other colours and, and, and on the same field. It was nice to take the field with them again, but I did. I messaged Juzzy after the game. She goes, oh, it was a little bit confusing at times. <laughs> but it was, uh, no, nah, it, was, it, was, it was good to be out there and, and seeing them do what they do and, and, and wishing them all the best for the, for the rest of their careers, you know, with Port Adelaide. Now, good luck. Talking yeah. of your partner and the captain of the Adelaide Crows, Chelsea just looks like she's loving being in the midfield. Oh, she's she's having a phenomenal season, which I feel like I mean she's all I mean that's what you get with her kind of 
But mm. she loves, I mean, she she loves playing on, on big stages. And I think the more fans that are there, the better for us Crows because um, she definitely comes out to play and wants to wants to be exciting. So it's 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 awesome to watch her this season, and and it's good because she hasn't had any had any injury. So in terms of you know her body's really well, and and you can see that it's it's whereas last season it was a it was a bit of a rough rough time for her. No, you can certainly tell the way she's moving. She's on top of the ground. She is in red hot form. She'll be the player of the year the way she's going. Now, what about your coach? We often talk about him. He's so calm and sensible. Uh, what was the pre-match address like? Yeah, it was. Um, no, it was again. He, like you said, he is calm. He's calm, collected. Um, Doc Clark. Um, but it, it was. It was. It was. It was. I guess the two kind of key focus areas for us was to play our role and, and, and to bring the tackles because we knew what they were going to bring. So we, we wanted to come and match it with them. So um, they were kind of like the two key focus areas for us leading into the game. And, and again, it was, a, it was a great occasion. He, you know, he told us to enjoy the moment. He told us you know, to enjoy um, you know, Port's pre-game song and, and just take that all in and, and <laughs> then get ready, get ready for the fight. <laughs> uh, interesting, Roach. Got a quick text coming through saying, if the Crows had kicked straight, they would have broken the record from the previous week. Uh, that is a bit of a theme with Adelaide's yeah. kicking, Roach. Yes, but you were able to penetrate inside 53 times as often as Port Adelaide were doing because of the domination of contested ball. Now, game plan couldn't have been better, surely. No, it was, uh, you know, and, and I guess, I think if you go to the previous week, that was one of those days where the footy gods looked down and, you know, yeah. you know every every kick goes in for a goal sort of thing. So, again, it, you know, we, we obviously wanted to give our, our, our team the best possible chance and, you know, there was pressure at goals and, yeah, we had a little bit of wayward kicking at, at times, which I think, um, you know, it happens in the men's game just as much as in the women's game too. So, um, hopefully we can uh, keep kicking goals and, and, and get back to some record-breaking numbers. Well, Rich, you might have to check the stats on that, all right? Just a little, little drive-by there for the men's game, uh, Mary <laughs> We'll check the stats on that. Hey, here's an Sorry. interesting stat, though. Mark from uh, Perth, yeah. who's a North Adelaide and a yeah. Crow supporter, says, uh, Kim Barn Roach, I thought the AFLW showdown crowd was pretty good and the result even better, yeah. exclamation mark. The waffle grand final attendance for West Perth v Claremont, what do you think it was? 16,000, Leaderville Oval. 16,971, so the girls smashed that. Yeah. Well done. It's come a long way. Hey, this week, you're talking at Perth, you take on Fremantle. Now, that's at Unley Oval. Uh, they've gone backwards, down in 17th place at the moment. Yeah, I know they've had a had a bit of an injury-rated um, season with some of their kind of key performers, but um, they're, they're on their way back. They're, they're a team that, um, you know, once they're playing good footy, you know, they can play. So... Um, we definitely know that. I know last weekend, I think on the was it yesterday, the day before when they played, they they kind of got in there. Their contest was good, so um, we, you know we're ready for the fight. So we're just going to get ready for Saturday, and hopefully um, we can get a lot of fans out at Unley and put them another show. So beyond the goal kicking that we've noted, what else needs a bit of work at Adelaide? Oh, look, I think we can. Like Doc says, even today, we can we can always get better. We can always. Um, um, keep improving. So you know, today, today we we're, were working on we were working on our execution and and spreading the ground and 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 just executing our skills. So um, yes, goal kicking. But I think in in every avenue, if, if you're not if you're not trying to get better each day, yeah. um, teams will catch us. So that that's you know we want to get better in in every every facet of the game.
We spoke to an old teammate of yours last week, uh, Ange Foley, who's now vice-captain of Port Adelaide. She was pretty fired up, and she looked fired up on Friday night. Was there much verbal going on out there? <laughs> um, I actually, I, I think I, I was always too far away from her to hear anything. So, look, it, it, it falls. I, I wouldn't, I'm not surprised <laughs> at all if um, words were said, but I, it was, I wasn't on the back end of it. So I can't, I can't say from me personally. So, yeah. And Annie Hatchard, I love this tactic of turning into a brunette so no one would notice when she was popping up left, right and centre. <laughs> it seemed to work. It did, didn't it? I did say that to her. I go, they won't know. Like, we got to get another, another 33 running out there, get someone else blonde and, and, and change it up. But, no, she she did awesome. Now, what's the update on Mackenzie Dowrick with that knee? Do you know? Yeah, so, unfortunately, um, she has she's done her ACL, so oh. she will be out for the rest of the season. So, it's um, yeah, heartbreaking for her. Such an innocuous way to do it. And that happens in the men as well. But we know statistically there's so many knee operations uh, in the women's game. Is that a concern yep. or the medical staff? Is there nothing you can really do about it? It's, it's hard. Like, I mean, I've had three of them, and oh. I mean, that was all in my so- soccer career. But again, yep. they are innocuous, and it's just a slight change of direction. Um, statistically, as females, you know, we are at a greater risk automatically mm. just because our hips are more wide-bearing. Um, so obviously in terms of that, and I know in the men's game, I guess a lot of times it's because of contact rather than innocuous just turning. Um, I mean, it's a focus on if you're looking at the whole AFLW because there is, you, you're looking at the news and ACLs, you know, it, it does happen. Mm. Um, is it a, is it girls are still developing? They haven't been um, strengthening in the gym because you're looking at how many girls are playing in AFLW now. Um, there's a lot of girls that are drafted that are coming out of high school that probably haven't had that um, time to build and, and get to know their bodies. So, like, I know I did my first one when I was 19 years old. So mm. it's 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 something, it could be genetics as, as part of that as well. Um, and I know in terms of the AFLW, there is a, we, we have a high, I guess, um, in terms of our injury prevention and our, and our prep to train, there is, mm a lot of jumping, landing, getting our muscles kind of warmed up, getting ready for football. So I know our club takes it very seriously and I'm sure every other club does too. Hey, so, last so one. Marano, how did yours happen when you were playing soccer? What actions? Uh, so, well, the la- my third one with United, which was at Hindmarsh Stadium, I was making a run down the wing yeah. and I thought the ball was kind of going to skid um, a bit quicker because they obviously watered the deck before the game. And it kind of held up, so I kind of slightly put my right leg down to, like, it was probably a turn on the 45, not even like a 90 sharp turn. And it just, I just, like, I collapsed and, like, I just, I was just rolling on the ground and, and, and I kind of knew because obviously it was my third one. Oh. Um, but same thing, the first and second one, I was kind of went to defend and I was jockeying and the player went to turn me one way and it was kind of like my left leg got stuck in the ground and as I kind of went to turn, I just collapsed and and kind of, yeah, crumbled to the floor. And then, wow. you know, it, you get this pain for like 60 seconds and I was up on my feet and I tried to keep playing. I tried to run and my coach was like, you're done. <laughs> but again, everyone, everyone's different and everyone's body kind of like reacts differently. I, I know some people that have done it and then didn't know they've done it and kept playing and then got a scan and then found out, you know, it was gone. So, yeah, I don't actually have one in my left knee anymore, so... I'm, I don't know what's, what's wrong with me, but it, I've got enough junk around my knee that it's obviously keeping it stable and 
I don't need one anymore. Well, you're going beautifully <laughs> at the moment. We wish you all the very best against the Dockers. Just quickly, you've played at the elite level in soccer and Australian rules. Which is the best game? Oh, look, I, I do. I love footy. Aussie rules. It's it's a different yeah. it's a different type of game, but. The round ball game is the world game, and it is a very, very skillful game. So I love them both. I can't, I can't pick. If you had to, though, right now in terms of my life, uh, Aussie rules. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Hey, we love chatting to you, Mariana. Wish you all the very best. Hey, well against the Dockers. Thank you very much, Mariana Ratchet. Got that you, down. What pat have you now. got against the world game? Nothing. I just know I asked her that once before, and I oh. thought she gave me the answer that it, Aussie rules. But it's just interesting when two people, when a person's played two sports at the top level. Yep. I appreciate she loves them both. Yep. Got the answer. Sport. Got the answer I wanted, Rich. Yep. Uh, all right, we need to go to a break. Stack of texts coming through. We'll get to those shortly. John Casey coming up after five. We're here thanks to Balfour's. And who else, Rich? Our good friends at Lumo. Oh, Hyundai. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. 4.54, we're live from Studio Lumo SA. Nice chat with Mariana Ratchets there. Matt Rendell joined us a little earlier. Throw up a name. Throw up a name. Todd Marshall. Good call on his part. So North Melbourne need one they could look at. Get the deal done. Here's a bit. Of, get the deal done. Here's a bit of sense of humour. Rooch coming through from Allen. Uh, afternoon, guys. Perhaps Port could put up Trent Jamont on the oh. table as a sweetener for North. North. No, I don't think that would be the case. Yeah, Costa says Jungle Drums are beating lads. Todd Marshall <laughs> is the name being questioned mm. as part of the JHF trade. Well. It- might be a name North Melbourne want to put there after hearing Matt Rendell say, but I don't think we'll get past first base. I wouldn't have thought so, no. uh, especially when you look at your list now. Like, who's your key forwards? Well, it's Todd Marshall and George Hardy's hopefully, and Finlayson's there as the other option, isn't he? You don't even mention Charlie. Because we know that's not long-term for much longer, is it? Mm. We're talking about forward vision, what forward vision, what your list management is. Yep. You've very put your points there. Who is going to replace Charlie Dixon? Yep. And you'd want to uh, you'd want to hit, get a little bit of payback for all the time that's been put into Toddy. He had a wonderful season. Yeah. Uh, memories of the Polek trade may have clouded their thinking. Luciano. Memories of the Polek trade may have clouded their thinking. Is that uh, North Melbourne? Well, don't know. Don't know which points being made there. Oh, Damo. Oh, sorry, uh, Luch, uh, Luciano sent one to Damo, so that's come through to us. What was he saying to Damo? This is like reading someone's mail. Not sure. Hi, Damo. Suspect North Melbourne won't trade with Port Adelaide as it is the mentality of their recruiters at the Kangaroos, hence why they sit at the bottom of the ladder. Well, they've got no choice here. Yeah, of course they'll trade. Yeah, they have got no to. choice. Um, here we go. Talking of talking, Stephen Trigg would give Matt Rendell a run for his money. Laugh out loud. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, Triggy could bump the gums. Yeah. He was a beauty. Just trying to attend to these as we can, Rooch. Uh, not as bad as what happened to Port in 2011-12 when the AFL wanted to revoke our licence. That's from Nick. What was that in reference to? I'm North, not sure. North Melbourne going poorly? Uh, George says this one. Hi, guys. Uh, typical Crows recruiting. Out Trump by Port again. Recruiting personnel needs to change if we are to move up the ladder. Well, Should hang on. 
hang on. If you're going for Isaac Rankin, you've got your And man. they've been there for months, mm. months and months. That's a huge tick, isn't it? Yep. So Jason Horn Francis, when, do, when does the world begin to twig that something's not right there? That's well after Adelaide's put its mark on Isaac Rankin. Yeah, and they've got their ducks in a row. Yeah. yeah. Well, so they port, haven't made Even uh, Port they, aren't there until last week. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's from George. But no, it's, it's not right, George. They, their priority was elsewhere. And they Look, were, the way you our understanding, it, they were planning to get him the year. The way up. you explained it last week, Rankin this year, Jason Will Francis next year. Yep. Made a lot of sense. And uh, we respect the fact that he's got that heritage at your club, Roach. Yes. And it does count for a yep. fair bit. It does. And it should. Yep. Uh, should the Crows go now all out for Bose? Granted, he would be, gee, 850 a year. It's a lot for Bose, isn't it? Uh, for two years, the Crows could use pick seven to pick up uh, Filippo, who would be on a base contract. Yeah, okay. Whoever sent that text message in, the next George. bit of the equation is, George, how does Adelaide cop the salary cap? Because mm. they haven't got it. That's the problem. Two top ten picks uh, could play in the midfield or even trade pick seven for two first-round picks, if possible, next year where they say the draft is likely to be stronger. They are saying that. Uh, can you ask Matt his view on this? Uh, set? I'll try and I'll screenshot that one for you, Georgie, and I'll throw it to Matt. Uh, here's another one. Happy the Crows didn't end up doing a deal for pick one last year or we would have given up Rochelle, Rankin and Dawson. See, there's the other what side. what those picks would have yep. now become. That's from Lockie. That's a really good text, yep. Lockie. That's the other bit of it. Little bit of logic. Mm. I think the Crows have been active. I love the way Port go about it. I love the thinking on Asava Radagalia. I thought that was a yeah, touch of genius. Geelong's made it very clear, but he's contracted, isn't he, as well? So they have full hands on that one, Geelong. And they're saying not going to happen. All righty. Hey, let's hear from Brady Rawlings again, the GM of football, on uh, if he expects the Horn Francis deal to get done. Yeah, we are. We, um, you know, when a trade request comes through and the, the pull home is, is so great as it is with Jason, um, we will entertain it. Um, but as I've said a number of times already, the deal's going to have to be one that's significant. Um, I think everyone knows what we've knocked back only 12 months ago. Uh, he's now 12 months into his career, uh, still in contract, and he's 19 years of age. So uh, the deal will need to be significant for us to consider. They would be kicking themselves, Roach. Three yes. first-round picks Adelaide threw up. Yeah, you'd love to. Yeah, you'd love to know how they debated that themselves in their mm. their room when they went to their war cabinet, so to speak. That is an enormous deal on the table from Adelaide. This is an enormous talent. David Noble would have been stressing about how well he had played for South Adelaide in those finals. We have a ready-made yep. player here. Let's back ourselves in. One of, those goals, one of those goals he kicked at the River Torrens end in that final reach exactly. was an absolute cracker. Hey, before we go to the five o'clock news, just hear from Chrissy Davies again, the GM of footy for Port Adelaide. He was asked if there's any players at the club that are untouchable. There's a range of different players here from, you know, Zach Butters at one end to, to Josh Sin, who's just got there, to Miles Bergman, who's perhaps interested in a move back to, to Melbourne. Xavier Dersma is another one who's had a difficult season. Is there a, a group that's untouchable there? Or can you rule any of them out for us? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the easiest way for me to, to answer that question is not one of those players have suggested that they want to leave Port Adelaide and, and nor have we contemplated um, any of those guys leaving Port Adelaide. But it might require a player to say, oh, yep, I'll make the move. To you, you're the thinking deal. it's Bergman, isn't you? 
Matt Randall said they've got eight million. Eight million eight, that was, that was, I quote, eight million mm-hmm. like that. All right, we've got the five o'clock news coming up. Then we're going to speak to John Casey, obviously about the FIBA World Cup, where Australia managed to win a bronze medal. And the Adelaide 36ers get on them to win the title. They just knocked <laughs> off they just knocked <laughs> off an NBA side. <laughs> Just after five o'clock, tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel All Wheel Drive. They are magnificent vehicles. We are live from Studio Lumo SA. John Casey's about five minutes away, I think. Five to ten, yeah, maybe. Uh, he's just down in Tassie to call the big game, the first one of the year for the Jack Jumpers, taking on the Cairns Taipans. Moving about a bit, John, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he, he lives a rock star life. He's an absolute yeah, ripper. Gives us a chance, though, Roots, to hear yes. from David Noble, who's part of the trade radio team on yes. SEN. Uh, this is what he had to say about Jason Horn Francis. So, yeah, we, we felt there was probably some genuine interest mid-season. From mm. Port? Yeah, well... Bit of both, I think, Sauce. Like, I think it just, they tracked them a little bit. They would have spoken to Benny Williams, his manager, about where he's at, how he's feeling, is he homesick? Um, but, yeah, nothing nothing substantial that we were, we were ever concerned about. Right. If I recall correctly, was it Adelaide that put a package to North to yes. get that first pick? It was significant. Yep. That was before last year's draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was no serious consideration given to that, though, was there, despite it no. being quite appealing. Um in a general sense, that it, it might have stacked up to, to be at least talked about? No, we actually spoke to the family about moving here um, and whether or not that was an option to sort of continue to support. It's something that, you know, I've discussed at other clubs with other other families that might have some portability to come and support their player in that first year or two going forward. Um, so, yeah, we were, we were at that point. So there was, yeah, but there was no alarm bells at all in regards to him mm. um, departing or asking for a trade. Now there's a big alarm bell that said he's a flight risk and flowing. Been a fairly chaotic 12 months for him, hasn't it? No, has it ever. Here's a text that's come through, Roach. Mm. Uh, Crows keep going on about respecting Port's heritage when it comes to Jason Horn Francis. In brackets, you included Kimbo. Anyone heard of James Borlace? That's from Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, I think when when I just said it then, it's acknowledging that there is a connection. Yeah. Yeah, and we know that Flash played. How many games did he play? In that number, number eight. Up. I'd have to look it up. Off the top of your head. I reckon around 130. Yeah. I'll have a look now. Yeah. Now I am curious. Now I am curious. I was, I was going to say he got the 100. Um, yeah, he would have. And then he went to Frio. Yes. So he did, did he get 100 with, I'm going to say 80 with Port. What's that, four seasons? It's a while ago, isn't Just it? waxing lyrical roots while you try and yeah, find it. I'll, I'll find it. another text while you do it. Gentlemen, Radio if the Francis. Jason Horn Francis story confirmation of what everyone was thinking when he didn't play against Port or Crows this season, even when he was fit. Also, where is Steve the Crow? What's that one mean? What did Emdy play? Gee, how we forget? Are you ready for all this? 160. He had a total of 109 games. Right. 22 were at Brisbane. Oh, I forgot that. One was at Melbourne. Forgot that. <laughs> really? <laughs> 86 were at Port Adelaide. Oh, and the Fremantle right. deal fell apart, remember? Oh, so he didn't get there? Well, Freya had salary cap issues. They should never have ever put an offer in front of him, remember? It fell down at the last hurdle because they had no salary cap. So where did he go? Or did he stay that here? There, that was the end. 2001, he played his last game. That's another Porter. coffee, Roach. I said 80. You said 130. Eh? 
I'm closer than you. I, I said 80 with port. Oh, okay. Yes, come on. You said 130. Um, I'm not sure what that last text meant. Didn't know uh, there was a coffee on it, actually. John Casey, yeah, yeah, up to seven now. Good Lord. And, and I thought it was very polite of Anne's not to bring up the owe him a coffee still. <laughs> We've got to go down there. Good see. afternoon, gents. Here's a text coming through. Um, I'm loving the sound of butters. Rosie, Wines and Horn Francis in the middle. Uh, I'm hearing Riley Bonner could be used as the sweetener. I'd be pro that. Benny from Marden. Well, you brought that one up. Well, who brought up Riley Bonner early in the uh, show? Pete Ryan did from The Age. Uh, have we got him? We've got the Johnny Casey oh, down good. in Tasmania. Good. Have basketball knowledge, will travel. Hello, Case, the voice <laughs> of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> G'day, boys. How are you? Hey, we've just told everyone uh, that's interested in the basking world and likes to have a dabble. Put your house on the 36ers to win the title this year after knocking over an NBA team. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. No? No, no, don't do that. Oh, look, um, that is one of the most remarkable performances ever by an Australian basketball team. Yes. But the bad news is... Yes. It may have very well derailed the 36ers' championship hopes in the process. Why? Oh, come on. Well, unfortunately, our star started lineup, I would presume, and I don't know this for a fact, but most of these players, I'm talking about Craig Randall, who had 35 points today and hit nine threes, and Robert Franks, who had 32 and hit six threes, that they have NBA out clauses in their contracts. Mm. So while Craig Randall was very upbeat post-game talking about he is focused on the 36ers season, yeah. uh, he's going to find it very hard to knock back uh, a multi-million dollar deal to go and play in the NBA after what they've seen today. I mean, Kevin Durant, one of the biggest stars in NBA, is tweeting about Craig Randall. And mm. it, it, it won't go unnoticed. And we almost lost Robert Franks a few weeks ago to Russia. He had an out clause. He does have, a, I know, a European out clause in his contract. And a Russian team was keen, and he failed a medical test. He had an ankle problem uh, that they were a little unsure about, so they decided not to pick him up. But after today, I think that Russian team will be straight back on the phone to his manager, and I would not be surprised if there is a multi-million dollar deal in front of Craig Randall by now. So if that is the case... They may not be coming back to Adelaide. Well, what was CJ? Yeah, what was CJ thinking? That's a rookie mistake. When people are going that well, you take them <laughs> off before half time. <laughs> well, to me. be honest with you, Kimbo, uh, I was of the opinion that when they signed these type of players, and Antonius Cleveland is another one that came to Adelaide, that part of the attraction was the fact that they had been they were going to play NBA games, and the 36ers knew well beforehand that they were going to play M- NBA games. They just weren't allowed to announce it until it was mm. done officially by the NBA teams. And they would have used that as a bargaining chip, I am sure, to say, well, we will pay you what your old team is prepared to pay you, but we also have this bargaining chip that we're going to play the Phoenix Suns and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And there's an opportunity for you on the world stage with that that may parlay into something like what just happened. And as I say, I mean, Franks and Randall, I would assume, is on the, somewhere in the vicinity of three, if they're lucky, four, maybe a little bit more, $400,000 would be an estimate. 
someone's waving a contract in front of them that's worth 10 times that amount now. Yep, they're gone. Uh, for those that are wondering what we're talking about, the Adelaide 36ers <laughs> created history only a few hours ago becoming the first NBL team to defeat an NBA team. That's the Phoenix Suns, 134 to 124. Hey, let's talk about the FIBA World Cup. Uh, the Aussie girls, they were, they were brave, a tad unlucky to go down to China. Take us through how it unfolded. Yeah, it was an absolutely fantastic performance by the Opals. So I think I spoke to you leading into the tournament and said that uh, playing off for a medal would be a win for the Opals because they went in, while they were ranked number three in the world, they weren't at their strongest. Um, and there was some doubt about them being able to compete with the USA, certainly, and some of the European teams and Canada and the like. So um, to actually... But when they made the semi-final and they were playing China... It was straight away you think, well, we can win this and we might win gold or silver. We can certainly get to the gold medal game. You get a little bit greedy like that. But they, they had to bounce back because the loss to China was uh, dramatic just by two points. They led inside the last two minutes and just couldn't get across the line. But to back up less than 16 hours later and come up with that phenomenal performance that Lauren Jackson... Uh, well, they should call her Fred Fanning. I know Fred Fanning kicked 18 goals, one in his last VFL game, which still remains a record. And Lauren Jackson's done something similar and gone out with a 30-point game that uh, you know has grabbed, again, worldwide attention. Last time I spoke to her, she hates being called Fred. <laughs> <laughs> now, John, if, yeah, you, if you had had the dream script, Australia-USA in the final, what would have happened? I know it's a hypothetical uh, and all that, but what would have happened? Look, the USA would have won. It's hard yeah. to see that anyone can beat them at the moment. I mean, they're, take your hat off to the United States. Their dynasty of the women's basketball team. And I went and checked on your Indian hockey team. Yeah. And oh. the, uh, the, women's, the USA women's basketball team has got them covered. No, uh, they haven't got them covered for gold medals. Well, no, they won eight, uh, yeah. your Indian hockey team. Yeah. The USA women have won seven, but yeah. they've won the last seven and they have won them in a more modern era than some oh. of those gold medals when hockey, of course, is a Commonwealth sport. It's not a world sport. Basketball is second only to world football. So I'm going to say that it's so not they a come world sport. What do you mean it's not a world sport? <laughs> Well, not the whole 200 plus countries play basketball. How many play hockey? Yeah. Oh, I'll get you the whole list and I can assure you it's 200 plus. No, I'm with Case. Argentina's not a Commonwealth nation. <laughs> They're an the Olympic case. medalist. I'm back in Case. Germany's an yeah, Olympic medalist. They're not a Commonwealth is a nation. Much bigger, much bigger sport. And yes, while it is a bigger than a Commonwealth sport, uh, it's certainly not the size of basketball in terms of its reach and global power. So, uh, oh, and you know what? I, I can't see anyone beating the Americans next uh, in two years in France. So that'll be eight in a row. And then they'll probably win the next one. Eventually, someone is going to beat them. But you have to take your hat <laughs> off to them because those players that they had, they played the first two games of the tournament, the Americans, without the three players who had just won the WNBA title with the Las Vegas Aces, and Asia Wilson was one of those, and she went on to become the MVP of the tournament. Kelsey Plum was another, and she went on to be one of the leading scorers at the tournament. So they did it shorthanded. They lost two quarters to Belgium in the opening game when they didn't have those three players, and for the remaining seven games out of the 28 quarters they played, they won 27. So they phenomenal for them because what they do is they get in front and you might take your foot off the accelerator. Well, they don't. They power away and they are a phenomenon. Uh, unbeaten at the Olympics for 30 years and they've lost one World Cup game since 1994. Okay, so I, I so, love it. 
I jokingly said <laughs> last week, I can't believe you didn't know about the <laughs> hockey record. And have a look at the homework you've done. Now Roach is in a kerfuffle. Bumfluff bum Benny's just uh, put up on our screens. Uh, for John, 95 countries play hockey, according to the world ranking. So <laughs> yeah. well, Ben, right. ben needs to do the homework a bit more accurate. There are 137 members of the International Hockey Federation. Yeah, well, that's well short of basketball. Yeah. And as I say, Roach, but it's more than the Commonwealth, Some of those John. eight. Well, but some of those eight medals that they won were back in the 1930s and 40s, I think. We're talking oh, sorry, sorry for them being era. an old sport. I'm sorry that they played <laughs> when the world was still in radio rather than television. It's not their fault, well, John. Some of those, no, I'm not, and I'm not criticising them. I'm saying in my book, in my opinion, <laughs> yeah. the USA women's basketball team is the greatest sporting dynasty of all time. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Ooh. I'm with you. Do we get into uh, yachting in the America's Cup before? Yes, it that's classical? another good one. That's another good one. The US <laughs> has got a good record a there. Man sport, oh. man sport that only a few countries play, and now they're uh, they're using boats that don't even go in the water. They're up above the water like flying saucers. So uh, they've killed that. <laughs> hey, I'm going to let uh, Mario have the final say on, on this little discussion. He says, "Rucci, you big hockey stickhead." Well, that's a bit rough. Well, yeah, I thought it was witty. It was witty. Uh, What about the Jack Jumpers v. the Cairns Taipans? What's going to unfold this this year in the NBL? Well, really looking forward to this tonight because I was lucky enough to be here in Tassie for their last game last season, which was a grand final game Mm. too, which they lost in disappointing circumstances, obviously, to the Sydney Kings. Uh, But the raucous nature of this venue is just a joy to be involved with. In Sydney last weekend when we had a record crowd for the Opals and the USA game against China for the gold medal game was something but they make just as much noise here with fewer people and Tasmania well they've got to back up from making the the, uh, championship decider in their debut season and the Cairns Taipans have retooled. We are on record watch tonight for the Cairns Taipans as well because at some stage this season the Cairns Taipans are going to break the record for the most threes taken in a game and uh, it just might be tonight. And actually, can I just say, while I'm talking about breaking the record, the Phoenix Suns were the top team in the NBA last year. They went like 68-14, and and only a handful of teams, I think there's about seven or eight games where a team in the NBA hit more threes than the 36ers hit today, 25 or so, and they did it taking more attempts. The shooting performance by Adelaide, and their three-point line in the NBA is longer than ours in the NBL, but that shooting performance today by the 36ers, as I say, it just grabbed worldwide attention. It's not, a, it's not the first time that an overseas team has beaten an NBA team in a preseason competition. I think back 2015 was the last time when Fenerbahce from Turkey defeated New York. Uh, and they won then, but seven years has elapsed before a team's been able to do what the 36ers did today. And as I say, I'm, I hope I'm wrong, but I just wonder if Craig mm-hmm. Randall and Robert Franks are actually getting on a plane to come back for us because uh, there's going to be super amounts of money being waved in front of them to stick around and play NBA instead of NBL. Okay, take note of Uncle John. Don't back the 36ers to win the title. <laughs> hey, Case, we absolutely love you jumping on the program. Thank you for everything that you've done uh, through the FIBA World Cup. Just quickly, give your show a plug for Sunday. Yes, if you can, join us 9.30 on Sunday morning with Bungie and Brettster, Andrew McLeod and Brett Maher. We'll be certainly be talking about the basketball. There'll be no doubt about that. And we'll be talking a whole lot of other things as well. Maybe even hockey will get a mention, which it did <laughs> last so. weekend. I hope so. <laughs> it got a mention last weekend, Rooch, so we'll try and keep you happy. So right, tune in good. and uh, check it out. Be listening. 
Uh, that was a beautiful debate you had with the Roots, Case. You won by knockout. We'll chat to you again soon. Have a great call tonight. All right. Thanks, boys. Chat. <laughs> Johnny Casey there. That would not be a good thing to leave with a certain number of players and return with less, would it, from oh, the not, US? Not, not good oh. at all. He was all over that, wow. wasn't he? Take him yeah. off before half-time, Roach. Throw the game. Exactly. It's only a practice game. Deary me. We'll stand by for that <laughs> Play one. Play the kids. 518. <laughs> uh, we'll go to a break. We're nearly done, Roach. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Almost done for another day. Hope you've had a wonderful long weekend. We're live from Studio Lumo. Thanks to our good friends at Hyundai and Balfour's. Hey, Steve has sent through a text. Steve, we feel for you. Me me more than Roach. I wore the black armband for you. Steve says, good afternoon, men. So, yes, disappointing to lose the petulant kid. However, the way things were looking, it was only a matter of time before he wanted to go home. Port, I feel, will need to either give us a decent player, Bergman, Butters, uh, and their first-round pick this year, <laughs> and next, or first-round pick mm-hmm. this year and next, and also a second-round next year. Anyhow, life goes on without a kid with obvious talent. I'm sure the fan base will be waiting for me. Hey, good on you, Steve. We love your passion. Roach, just quickly, what's happening at Frio? Frio said, no way will they trade Rory Lobb, but we know the Western Bulldogs will get him in the end somehow. So they're still doing that. What about yeah. the West Coast Eagles? They still think they're a chance. Well, they have the number two draft pick, but they don't want to get rid of it for Luke Jackson, but they still say they want to trade in Luke Jackson. I don't think that's going to happen either. It's going to be fun over the next week. Mm. We've got 15 seconds. Uh, Essendon, new CEO. Yes, Andrew Thorburn, who is a former banker who wears part of their external review, now takes charge as chief executive. Gave himself a job. That's Good it for the day. Bye bye everyone. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.